0: the future. So cool, right? All of those amazing new innovations that are going to make life even better. Like, wouldn't it be great to have a car that changes color to match your mood? Oh, wait, even better, your outfit. Buick is thinking about the future every single day. A future built around you with super smart Buick EVs that can make your life even better. And it's all out there waiting. So let's go to the future together. Join us at buick.com future. Well, here we are, back with another batch of episodes. If only, Garrod, there was a way you could keep this going like other podcasts, instead of these big breaks between batches of episodes. Well, pardon me for having a life. Now, this episode is a brilliant comedian and her monkey. And I know I haven't interviewed comedians really about their work here before, but this comedian is a little bit different. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe on iTunes because there's more to come. And if you do really like it, it would be really great if you left a lovely review. A lovely review. Now, nothing lukewarm. I mean, absolute gushing. That's what I want. Uh, Also, you'll be pleased to know I haven't changed the music. I really should. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. Now, the friends that I have that have known me forever will be able to testify to this. But I've always had a little bit of an obsession with ventriloquism. Now, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know whether it's just that you always have this adorable furry friend that always agrees with you and you can completely control. Or maybe it's that you get to say the really mean things you're thinking through a puppet while you get to stand there and look really, really nice. I don't know what it is, but I've always thought it was amazing. I've dragged my friends Kevin and John to see many gigs they didn't want to go to see. And definitely a few of them were the American ventriloquist David Strassman
1: your first ventriloquist? No way dude I've been around a thousand years Who was your first ventriloquist? Satan <laughs> uh, No I, I mean Adam. Adam? You mean like Adam and Eve Adam? Everything is going great till she comes along why, what happened? Figured out. She's a naked chick am a puppet. What the hell would you do?
0: Around 2008 or 2009, I think, we went to see a comedy festival in Dublin. It was the first Ivy Gardens festival and we saw Nina Conti and she blew my mind. She wasn't like anything I'd ever seen before because as well as being a brilliantly funny stand-up and ventriloquist, she completely subverted the whole thing. And by the end of her set, she was actually in a monkey suit and she was being controlled by Monk, uh, who is her longtime collaborator and...
1: Most ventriloquists are dead. No! <laughs> or at least lonely. No, not that. Um, most ventriloquists can't afford to feed their kids. No, no, not that either. Most ventriloquists die on cruise ships. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Am I ever going to get to the end of this sentence? Well, if you don't know, we're fucked.
0: (laughs) Nina and Monk have made a number of documentaries together. In Her Master's Voice, she takes the puppets of her recently deceased mentor, Ken Campbell, to Vent Haven in Kentucky, at a time when she herself was considering hanging up her monkey because she wasn't really sure where a career in ventriloquism could actually take her and she was really just considering going out on top. Now, I don't want to give too much away about this documentary, but I just think it's a masterpiece. I think those documentaries that you watch and really enjoy, and then two days later you're still thinking about them, I think they're very special, and this is definitely one of those.
1: Most formidable of all was the puppet of Ken himself. That inside, to which he just could not relate. They're such oh, uniquely bereaved objects, they lose their voices.
0: They also explored alternative remedies in Monkey's Search for Happiness. And earlier this year, Clowning Around followed Nina as she trained as a hospital giggle doctor, which is a clown in a children's hospital.
1: So it seems like the most practical and the most safe way to get Monkey into the hospitals is for me to train to become a clown first. Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: For this documentary, Nina explored clowning and it's clear that this has had a really big effect on her comedy. Her most recent show, In Your Face, is almost entirely improvised and she gets people from the audience, puts a ventriloquist mask on them and creates the character live on stage. And I have to say I loved every second of it. Nina is somebody that I'd gigged with a couple of times at festivals and I'd ran into her a few times at festivals. But she's not somebody I know at all, really. We met up for a coffee a few weeks ago in Galway where we were both there for the Galway Comedy Carnival. Now, I don't normally talk to comedians about comedy on this podcast. You might have noticed that I've had a few on but I haven't really talked to them about comedy. And I don't really know why that is. I think it's because there are loads of podcasts that do that and they do it, a lot of them do it brilliantly and... Um, So I don't know if I really have anything to add by just interviewing comedians who are my mates. (laughs) But I think that what Nina has to offer is really unique and it's really different. And I'm glad that she was the first one that I kind of dipped my toe in the water with this. This is the brilliant Nina Conti.
1: I'm a hopeless interviewer.
0: No, I'd say you're brilliant. Oh
1: no, I, I just did a pilot for um, a chat show with my puppet. I was worried it wasn't going to work to begin with, and I think I was right. I don't think it did. There were some funny bits. But it's it was too, I don't know, it was too aggressive having a, a puppet interview you and saying the unsayable and people just kind of, I was just dumb.
0: But is it an awful lot to think of? Like when you're yeah. interviewing somebody and you've got a, the monkey and the conversation. I mean, that must be... That's, yeah. a, that's the third dimension to the thing that's already double what everyone else has to cope with. <laughs>
1: I know, it's too much, it's too much. The context of on stage is fine, but the, when you're forcing it on a human being solo with you, it feels daft, it feels like you're breaking reality and you're both having to pretend. And it didn't, for me, it didn't feel right. Really? Do you, yeah. do you think that it just want be? It's not happening, it's not happening. I just found out and I was relieved it's okay. yeah yeah we're, we're Some,
0: sometimes that way. happens though with something that you you think you really want and then it doesn't happen yeah. the relief then you go oh I didn't realise I
1: know well you think you want it because you think it would be nice to get work you know it would be nice to get a TV show would be nice but n- to get not the right TV show I don't think that would ever feel fun or ever anything no, I know good what you mean. come of it ever you know So yeah it's horrible easy. to
0: be locked into something that is awful Yeah, yeah. I, th- I actually had that happen once with a, a panel show here that was a live oh, really? panel show and it was, she's going in every day. Oh, <laughs> or going in every week and just thinking, oh my God, it's awful. <laughs> the, only, the only thing was that it was live. Right. So you didn't have to watch it back. It was just your mother's text at the end saying something like, well, you looked very well. Oh. <laughs> it's a lovely shirt. <laughs> but lovely. You're, you're on tour now at the moment. Um, how, uh, you're a third of the way in or something, is it?
1: Something like that. No, no, please let it be halfway. I think I'm halfway now. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that I'm not enjoying it, but the travel is grueling. The shows yeah. are fantastic. <coughs> excuse me. The shows are fantastic, but yeah. Yeah, because there,
0: there is that thing when you see a comedian that's on tour and you kind of go, how are you? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so, but it's so hard, I think, for UK comics, because like in Ireland, if you're doing a tour, it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and maybe the odd extra one. <laughs> but in the UK, like you look at somebody's schedule like, they're going out on a Monday. What the hell?
1: <laughs> I know, it's all Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays become Saturday. Tuesday feels like Sunday, And you, just no show.
0: You were saying as well that you're commuting back.
1: Yeah, so that's why it's been hard, is because I've got my kids starting school, I have my big kids starting big school and my little one has just started and I want to be there for every, I want to take him every morning and pick him up every day. So I'm commuting these ridiculous differences, just distances, just to be there for the school run is painful.
0: Wow, but mother of the year.
1: Oh, I wish. I, <laughs> I, I wish. I mean, yeah, it's a um, hey, poor kid. It's um, hard to start school.
0: I saw, you, I saw your show last night in uh, the Town Hall Theatre in Galway, and it was, I have to say, it blew my mind. Oh, thank I, you. It was just absolutely, like, do did you, did you enjoy it? Was that, yeah, yeah, I
1: always enjoy it. It's so fun to meet the people that you end up doing the show with. It, it yeah. I fall in love with all of them. It know? was
0: great. Like the way you just walk on, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a show. It's, it feels like a, this is what this is gonna happen now. Yeah. So everyone just get on board. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It reminded me of uh, one of those uh, you know those backstage plays. You know, like noises off. Oh or yes, something like that. Yes. Because you got to see you like trying out different characters and it was yeah. it, it was unbelievable. Like what inspired you originally to become uh, a ventriloquist?
1: I I started because a theatre director called Ken Campbell gave me a teacher self-ventriloquism kit, and it was a sort of a goad, really. It was a mischievous gift to, I don't know, subvert me and my acting ambitions. And I just tried it out really to prove to him that I wasn't the right muse for this, but um, in trying it out and watching a little film back that I'd taken of myself, I thought, that's, uh, that's really weird, looks like there's two people in the room, and I knew at the time, obviously, it'd just been me and I'd said all the words, but watching it back fooled myself. So then I just haven't stopped since then, that was about 15 years ago.
0: And did you, did you think at the time that that would be something you would pursue? Like, I mean, when you... D- no. Did you think it would just act, and this would be your party trick?
1: Uh, who would think they would pursue? Uh, but you I know, know. talking to a puppet one well afternoon, or uh, you know, just to see what that's like. It, to think that that would be my career for the next fifteen years. I look back on that day; it's so seminal and bizarre. But no, I never thought. I thought I'd do it for maybe one show in the summer and then put it away. But it's still going
0: because it's a really specific skill. I mean, it's not like you can be, you know, like actors can sometimes become stand-ups and stand-ups become actors. You know, it's all just, it's all a little bit fluid. But ventriloquism is something that you have to do a lot of learning for one thing to even, it's like learning to talk before you start doing stand up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit like that. Well, it's, at the beginning, it feels so hard. What's so hard when you start is you're making the puppet talk and your face, even if your lips aren't moving, your, your face is reflecting the emotions of what the puppet's saying, just yeah. in your eyebrows and stuff, because you can't disassociate from what... To disassociate from what you're saying is it's the opposite of what we've learned all our lives in trying yeah. to communicate. So to, to throw it a step behind as if you're only just hearing as you're saying yeah. it, it takes a while, and it's like rubbing your tummy and patting your head Because together.
0: there were times definitely last night where I was almost convinced that Monk and you had spoken together. Right. I was like, I've no, <laughs> no, hold on.
1: <laughs> but that's what how it feels to me now, because I've been doing it so long. I don't f- I've forgotten the um, mechanism of it so it does it does sort of feel like Monkey says the things when I when I remember a show wasn't it funny when Monkey said thing? I'll, I'll like quote Monkey like oh you know, as if he's a
0: different character yeah
1: just say do you remember when Monkey said blah blah and I think Monkey did not say you said it but in my memory because I see his face saying it I forget that <laughs> I said it it's weird
0: um, was he was he the first puppet Monk yeah because he's just like his voice is so perfect Oh, it, yeah. like it just because he, he's his the face. smuggest looking face, and then you yeah. hear the voice, and it's just like, oh my god, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> that's what you want is when the when the voice suits the face. God, something just comes alive. But I've had puppets made or commissioned grand ideas, and then you can't get the voice for it. You think, oh this, oh my god, I can't bring it to life. That
0: was really obvious last night when you had three people up together. Oh yeah, the audience got to see that process that probably other ventriloquists would do at Yeah home, right. Yeah, where you're saying no, I don't, I don't like that voice. I don't, and then. When it hits, like the place just erupts. It's like yeah, they yeah, get to see the spark. Yes, it's, it, it, it's so it's nice amazing. when that
1: happens, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a, the bravest show I've ever done because you are throwing yourself open. and So you get someone up and you put the mask on them and you think, oh no, it's not working yet. Is it, what should we, you know, let's try. To, to let the audience in on that process, I think there's great rewards in it, but it is also quite scary. I, but you always find it
0: in the end. Is there a type of person that when you're when you get them up, you kind of go, oh no, it's one of these.
1: I guess I'm a little tired of th- thrusting men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There are quite a lot of guys who who want to get up, they're a bit drunk, and they want to get up, and when they get, they start doing that thrusting thing, do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, for God's Just sake. Just
1: like straight away, I it's like, oh, it's a thruster. It's one of these. <laughs> and everything is sexual, and it's all like, this action of bending a woman over, and the slapping, oh. and the riding, all that, all that body language, it's, it's so...
0: <laughs> and the temptation for you must be to like, destroy them.
1: <laughs> I've tried everything with those thrusters. I've had them say, I am... I'm a really shy guy you know I don't you know I'm I'm, I'm afraid to express myself and and therefore I do this thrusting thing you know you're trying to make them lovable and yeah and they
0: don't understand like I'm trying to help you (laughs) I'm really trying to help you Um, and when uh, like with a tour uh, and this the show is so improvised Mm -hmm. and that performance anxiety you know like big show tonight you know I'll read my set no if you're anxious about your show Maybe don't watch that second episode alone or just special victims yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> do, like, How do you handle that when the show is literally going to come from the audience?
1: Well, I probably should explain what I'm doing because it might be so confusing if you didn't know. So I get people up from the audience and I put ventriloquist masks on them and then I make them talk and create the characters on stage live. But the the key to the whole thing is remaining optimistic because if you uh, and, and I have to remind myself sometimes mid show it's going to be it's going to be great and if you just keep telling yourself this is going to be great you even say it. It, it even when the person you've got up is thinking oh they're not responding to the cues or it's just not really working you just keep telling them they're fantastic <laughs> and it sort of pushes through. <laughs> and everybody like has one thing one or two things that just is their clown that's their gag and you yeah. find it quite quickly you know it's 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 really—it's quite a fascinating sort of experiment. I feel what I'm doing with them. Yeah, and
0: also you're not sitting there thinking, "Oh God, I could be next." Yeah, you know, it's just—I think that people are just so curious. My
1: favorite bit is when I kick myself out of it, and it's just the monkey and the audience. And sometimes the audience start saying funny things and start making themselves laugh. Yeah. And then you've got like this room full of people that are all collaborating in in the funnies. And it's it's so glorious that. I just think if, when that works, it's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. It kind of reminded me of those moments at school when the teacher goes out and says yes. nobody say a word. Yes. And everyone's just sitting there waiting for it all to kick off. It's like, it was amazing. It, yeah, it's really it, nice yeah. that, isn't
1: it? Yeah, no, I love that. Because up until now, it's all been, I don't know, so much of it is going on stage and showing everybody your clever ideas. You know? Yeah. And it's quite like a, it's all about you and you're trying to show how clever you are. Whereas this, it's just like creating an environment where people are gonna have a good time. Yeah. And, they, and when they start to make them, each other laugh, and, it's just, and I, I'm yeah, not frightened of it. I'm not trying to shut it down. I used to be scared if someone from the audience says something funny. You know, you've got that comedian thing, they're funnier than me, I'm losing control of the room, all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The to, voice in your head yeah, starts so to go the, crazy. It's ridiculous. It's a, it's just a gift. It just makes everything better.
0: The first time I saw you, I think, was the Ivy Gardens Festival, maybe 2008. an eight. Oh, yeah. And you were doing the stuff where you converted yourself into the monkey. Yes. Which was... I mean, it, like, it was an amazingly funny set, and then at the end, there was this piece that kind of blew everyone's minds. Like,
1: I miss that bit. I want to do it. There are bits that you sort of want to do forever. That's one yeah, of them. I mean... And it's such a shame when it becomes old material that everyone's seen I it, know. you can't do it anymore. I love doing that, yeah.
0: But then every so often, you, you've you got to do something. Yeah. Like, that happened to me in Edinburgh, where you pull out an old bit for, like, a compilation show, and you're like, can I go. Oh my god, this works! I just <laughs> fell out of love with it, but it does actually. It does actually work. That was why I used to say it. I wasn't shit. And yeah. I, right.
1: Yeah. 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 You know.
0: And did you get? Did you get bored of of I suppose uh, comedy and patriclism? I suppose the routine of it is that where that I stuff got, came from? I
1: yeah, I guess I got braver rather than bored. I think I got braver. Like I would dip my toe in the water of improvising and saying a few things to the audience, and then always after the show they would have been my favourite bits. But it okay. did let, did make my heart race a bit, and I'd be a bit scared and think, oh, we're off, we're off peace now. Are we yeah, gonna, how are yeah. gonna how get, we back get back on? But then just realizing actually, no, those are the funny bits, don't panic to get off them. Those are the bit that is the stuff. The stuff that's happening now in the room is more exciting to participate in, in a way. But I don't think that for all, everybody, I mean, I love when, when you go and see someone who's written the hell out of a show and it's yeah. brilliantly crafted and all that, I mean, Wow, I love that. But uh, um, that that's probably where the pendulum will swing for me next. But right now I'm dancing so in y- the y- nonsense. Okay,
0: so you think you will go back to a... I
1: think I—I w- I think after this, yeah, I may do this show for a couple of years because it's different every night. But it's um, I think I will go, yeah. I think probably I will write something very, very meticulously afterwards.
0: It's gonna be almost impossible to do a DVD of the show.
1: I know <laughs> you have to film so many and then how do you choose which is the best one I know it's, well, maybe
0: a documentary yeah that might be you better like because yeah. uh, your last documentary His Master's Voice oh yeah uh, that was phenomenal Thank you. That was, I'm sorry, I feel like I should say something you've done is terrible, but <laughs> way <laughs> okay. too complimentary. Oh. But um, the, that was amazing. And if people haven't seen that, uh, you were taking uh, a puppet of, I suppose, your mentor, Ken, Ken Campbell, yes. to the Puppetry Museum in, um,
1: in, in Kentucky. In
0: Kentucky, yeah.
1: Haven, yes.
0: It was, it was really obvious, I think, when it was finished, uh, and I saw on the credits, that you directed that. Yeah. And I kind of thought, yeah, that couldn't have been done any other way. I mean,
1: no. It was a very personal thing that took a long time. I sort of yeah. did all by myself. I think it shows. It's a bit like Grizzly Man, <laughs> the yeah. guy who went to that place and just filmed himself all the time. It's it's got that peculiar thing of someone was definitely on their own when they did Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what but was it all? Was it always for broadcast? Like was it all no always? No one.
1: No, I was doing it. Uh, I was doing it for me, really. I had tried to pitch it to Storyville, I think, and. Uh, and no one was interested or, or want. It didn't come across on paper anyway. It was a vision in my head that I couldn't really convince anyone. And yeah. then I just thought, oh, I'll just do this for me because I want to do it. And it didn't cost very much to go out there with the camera. I'd had one cameraman with me and another guy, um, Tim Jordan and Michael O'Kelly. They're a lovely team. Um, so, they, uh, But uh, pretty much everything was, yeah, on my end.
0: And when you were finished, did you kind of, was there ever a temptation to go, you know what, actually I think I'm just going to keep this for me? because yeah. it's so personal, like it's so, um, you know, there was no, there was certainly no vanity or anything like that, and it. It, it was really raw.
1: Well, I, yeah, I spent about a year trying to edit it myself, because I got this into my head that it was going to be a one-man band thing, you know, okay, so like, yeah. I, I took a <laughs> course in, Camera work and, and editing, but then I really got lost in the edit and thought, "This is so hard." So then I got professional editor Riaz Meir to come and help me, and we then spent another full year together. Oh my god! <laughs> just carving out. But you do exactly see the work. In it. Bits it, to show. I mean, it's,
0: so, it's such a beautiful documentary. Oh, Thank I mean, you so and much. It it also gives uh, a real like, the character of Monk, uh, like it gives such an insight into him
1: yeah, as a part I, of
0: your life. Like you, you know you're the, you're the scenes mind. where you're in bed with. Yeah. You know I mean. You kind of look at a ventriloquist and go, "Oh, that's a prop that goes into a case." Yes. You know, but he's so much uh, like. Do you, if you're going on a holiday, would you take Monk with you, or can you put him away between tours?
1: Yeah, I can. I can because I. I mean, it's just life is too. uh, There's too many responsibilities and boring everyday things. You know, we play with Monkey a lot, but Monkey not always is the puppet. Monkey is on the phone or will become a little. Lego character or something. So oh, okay. monk, the the monkey ca- <laughs> the monkey lives with us in that way. It's really peculiar. But uh, the four-year-old loves him. Do monk, he says, and then we see the monks on the phone or monk, you know, monk oh, is there. Wow. He just likes to play with the monkey. And I really wonder what it'll be like when he's older to look back as if that monkey was. In his yeah. childhood, like a real thing. It's so weird, I can't imagine. It's,
0: yeah, it, it, he's just he's such a brilliant character. but And it's just the voice that... The
1: well, they they like... <clears throat> sorry. No, they, the best thing is if I'm actually doing Monkey and I have the puppet on me. But if we're in a cafe and we don't have Monkey, then we'll use whatever's there. The spoon is Monkey. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It's sort of, yeah. But it's not all the time, but it is quite a lot, I have yeah. to admit. He does like it to do it. and He just speak to a monkey. Quite <laughs> my first child wasn't interested, but my second child is.
0: Would do you think where w- you're trying to keep it away from him? Because I mean like to have yeah. you yeah. yourself yeah. split. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Two. because I mean th- like you're the nice you're the nice person on stage and monk is the mean one. Like yeah. it's, it's so Yeah. it's really split like.
1: Yes, I guess the the monkey that I play with with the kids it's not um is not mean. He's stupid. He gets everything okay. wrong. And he's always on their side.
0: Okay. So he's in cahoots <laughs> with
1: them against me, and but he's he's also dumb. But he's loyal to the kid, yeah. I mean, it would be, it's perverse, but I would, if it's an argument about something, for example, it's time to go out of the house and my kid doesn't wanna go out of the house, the monkey's gonna go, we don't wanna go. You know, he didn't make it harder oh, for me. You okay. know what I mean? <laughs> I think, what because am I doing now? Why am I doing this? But that happens in
0: your show, because, I mean, it's almost like you're your own heckler. Yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. must be, <laughs> that must be tough, because the hardest stuff, the, the hardest stuff in the room is almost coming from you.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I spent so much time wincing.
0: I read this great quote actually there and it was from your dad and it was about actors oh, yeah. and he said that, um, because people might not realise your dad is the actor Tom Conti Yeah, right. Okay, from Shirley Valentine, the swarthy uh, gentleman yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the, he said a great quote and he said that performers go to work terrified and he likened it to bomb disposal, which I thought was absolutely brilliant <laughs>
1: The actors go to work terrified. They go to work
0: terrified, you know, if right. uh, forgetting their words, I suppose. Oh, I see. Uh, I, I see. just thought it was a brilliant oh, quote. God, like, it really funny. sums up performance. But what you do, it's really, it's bomb disposal drunk, maybe. I don't know <laughs> what I <mean>. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's an extra layer of terror in there. I mean, what does he think? Like, for someone, he's so, I suppose, ingrained in the written word. And, you know, yeah, for someone, yeah. his daughter's improvising with a monkey. I mean, yes. uh, he must be full of admiration for that. I
1: think he it's is, so yeah. I think he does think uh, it's terrifying. But I, it's funny because I remember when I was an actor, that fear when somebody goes off script and you'll think, oh, what yeah. do you do now? Where do, like, the where world's going to end because someone said the wrong line. And now when you're improvising a whole show, you can say anything. I sort of think, what's yeah. the big deal? Why don't you just kind of make it up until you get back on track? I don't get that fear anymore, but it's very, I don't
0: yeah. know. I suppose maybe Uh, because somebody recently I've talked to a comedian who was uh, had actually gone in to do a a musical actually and uh, she just couldn't believe that there were things like punctuation that have to be the same every night and stuff like that Uh, I don't know I think we get away with murder maybe
1: we do and we get all the lines I remember also that pathetic thing of um, when I was an actress thinking oh I've got a line or you know when you get a part you sort of count the lines yeah exactly I've got got ten lines in that scene (laughs) I was just thinking that's so terrible that It's such a pathetic uh, place I was in to be grateful, to be allowed to speak, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm never going back. I'm never going back. No, you'd never go back. I I can't bear it. It was too, yeah, there was just too too much desperation in it for me. And I I was dreadful in auditions. I never really got a job from an audition. The whole process of being an actor, I, I think, is far more terrifying than what I'm doing now. To yeah. be at somebody else's yeah. decision whether you get work and when you're in it, oh, I mean, yeah, never lasts long very and you're never, yeah, it's so hard to stay and work. And
0: yeah, it is so great to say, well, okay, if nothing else, I can actually round up a group of people and do something in a room in a pub. Yeah. Well, at the very least, yeah, again, yeah. I have control over yeah, that. Like exactly. it's, that's yeah. That's to be grateful for, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that people don't go into ventriloquism now? Like, I mean, it's so, hmm. it seems there's nobody. Coming through, or like, would you be terrified if another ventriloquist of me appeared?
1: I don't think so. I think there's probably room for, well, I mean, if, if loads did, maybe I would become terrified. But, um, no, I don't think so. Paul Zerdon just won America's Got Talent. Oh. Which is amazing that he won that. And, I mean, a ventriloquist, and when uh, such a huge thing—a British ventriloquist—when America's got, I mean, it it was—it's just like such a massive thing, and everybody was saying to, like, coming up to me when that happened, as if I was going to be upset by it. (laughs) But why would I be upset by it? It was was wonderful for him. But But secretly,
0: um, it was Monk (laughs) Saint (laughs) killing.
1: yeah no he's been he's been working for years he's a, he's a great act and he yeah no he does have to win it's um so i don't feel like uh no why aren't there more i don't know maybe there will be more um soon i don't know
0: it's so funny that you you describe it like well monk describes it at the start of the show a brace of about it you know it's yeah. entertainment and it's this and that but yet it's actually a, I suppose it's like being an opera singer like you've got to be Absolutely brilliant at one thing before you can actually get any of it across.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, also, the ventriloquism—I, I really do feel like that's second nature to the shows now. I mean, that's just the pen. Uh, it's okay. not like the—it's not the. To me, not the main thing about it. I don't know. Maybe it is re- really obviously that to everybody else, but to me, it's much more to do. With the the audience or what we're saying, rather than the fact that I'm not moving my mouth. Do
0: you know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah, you're right because I mean it's a de- it's a device now that yeah. I would say that people don't realise that though because it's it's yeah, yeah. disguised as a, a as a thing. An show. But yeah, you know, it,
1: it, I, I sometimes think though that if I were moving my mouth, it wouldn't matter that much. <laughs> Maybe it would. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: I, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: But uh, but.
0: What I thought was weird last night actually is I stood at the bar uh, at the intermission Mm. uh, and the two people that were up in the first half uh, they were together because they were a boyfriend and girlfriend and they were going up to the bar just to buy themselves drinks but everybody was kind of (laughs) <laughs> there was this real it was almost like they were radioactive and <laughs> like, like somebody had dropped like an antibiotic on a tray of virus like and it was it was just really? this circ like everyone just looking and nobody saying anything to them no. and it'd been very quiet and then, kind of saying do you want I'll get a bottle of Corona <laughs> and like everyone could hear the conversation and I even found myself doing it like just that's them <laughs> and even thinking and because uh, like I know I know your work, obviously and I know that they're not plants.
1: Were they okay? It, were they happy? They were, but like right. they, they
0: definitely felt like
1: everyone was they'd looking. been a
0: part of something. Yeah, but yeah. everyone it took a while. And yeah. then I think one woman, uh, kind of a few drinks said, Oh, you were brilliant and then it kind of right. like right. everything just seemed like, Oh yeah, and then they got to talk about it. But there was this real strange moment, like I suppose if you're walking away from a theater and you see one of the actors come out the stage door, you're like, Oh, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and, like exactly. so I suppose in that sense it's the collaboration I think was then obvious yeah 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 it it was it was was a really lovely moment
1: that would be worth doing I would love to be in on those conversations in the bar or to follow you know if I were to film it and make a documentary to see what happens to them as they come off well actually one of the reasons I went to the show
0: last night was for this I thought wouldn't be great to get like some audience reactions and I thought, Oh, oh yeah, I could talk yeah. to them and then I couldn't. Oh. I was like I'll just leave it. <laughs> no, I don't do sleep.
1: <laughs> Why couldn't you? Oh, just because it, like, it was just weird. really weird. Right, because right.
0: They it kind of felt like they were in this bubble. Right. And I thought that, Oh god. Yeah. yeah are we gonna like expect more of them there as so was like Yeah, oh, okay. okay. great. So I just I I uh, met let them. At the end actually, they hung around
1: afterwards. They were they were very friendly. They'd come a long way as well. I can't remember. Oh, they hadn't they come from Kilkenny.
0: Oh, right. Which Cause is, i because I'm, I'm on there, in, in there, tonight. there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, one question. Uh, this is a really stupid question, but with the puppet, you know, with a long tour, like, do you get, like, repetitive strain injury or eczema on one hand? <laughs> yeah, no, I have
1: a little nick on that finger that will not heal because it's on the joint of the puppet's mouth. Not really, no, not too bad. No. No. Repetitive strain uh, And is it
0: always one hand? Is it always one?
1: No, I do use the left hand, but the, it's not as easy to control. No, it's all on the right hand. I mean, yeah, I should ensure my hands or something, shouldn't I? Because <laughs> I'd be ruined if I couldn't do that action anymore. Yeah, it could just I be have had a stroke. I so much. It's so ridiculous. That little, you know, making my hand into a sort of a duck puppet like that. Yeah. And if I'm thinking of something uh, that I'll make the puppet say, the hand is doing this. You know what I mean? If, if, when oh, I'm not on stage, okay. well, if I'm th- if I'm sort of writing for Monkey, my hand will be doing that like a freak whilst I'm thinking, isn't that spooky? Oh, it's quite strange. Ugh. He's still here. He's,
0: <laughs> he's always like a Like It's weird,
1: yeah, skeleton. <laughs>
0: uh, Nina Conti, that was great to, to help you. So much uh, for doing oh, this.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad.
0: Now, if you're a bit of a Radiohead or you're a fan of Nina, you might have noticed that some of the clips of this interview were used in a piece I made for Culture File on RT Radio a couple of weeks ago. So we recorded a couple of sound bites of Nina speaking as Monk And then we started talking all over again So here's the rest of it
1: It's so weird to do Monkey's voice when he's not here Why is it weird? Because you're not here (laughs) I am I'm always here No, you're not always here I'm in your head all the time No, not all the time Well, I am now Because I invited you This is weird It is weird Monkey? Yeah? Go away Okay (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I just realised I've done what people ask comedians to do in radio interviews and say, go and tell us a joke. Do yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a, a better act. <laughs> there must be, like, for you, there must be these questions that nobody else in the world gets, well, very few oh, people in yeah. the world get asked that you must be sick of that well, people think they Do you ever real.
1: use it, like, to, you know, on the tube or, you know, people uh, okay. wonder if I'm going to use it, yeah, in life just to sort of, but I don't, I don't use it.
0: Because you're a cool person.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not a good enough ventriloquist.
0: No, <laughs> but oh. I'd
1: love to be able to do that little man in a box voice that comes, you know. Oh <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't yeah. do that one.
0: That's such. Oh god, I'm so fascinated by it, and I, I don't think I could do anything but stand up like on stage. But I, I, I would love to learn to that. Try, technology. yeah. Like. Nina Conti there, and she is still on tour with her show In Your Face. And if you haven't seen her show, just Go, it's brilliant. Her stand-up DVDs, "Talks the Hand" and "Dolly Mixtures," are available online, as is her documentary, "Her Master's Voice." Her Master's Voice. You might have noticed I actually made a ball of that when I was talking to her. God Almighty, I was mortified. Anyway, it's well worth a watch, and of course, Nina is on Twitter at @nina_cunty. Standing
1: on some cobbled street, the sound of water near my feet. He found.
0: Now, I've been in touch with a previous guest, the lovely Frances Ruffel. She was the Tony-winning Les Mis star who I talked to in episode 9. She has a new album out, it's called I Say Yeah Yeah. It's a French album, well, it's not a French album, it's... Uh, not all of the songs are in French, They're, some of them are in English, but it's um, it's inspired by France and by Paris, and you really get that French feel from it. I think I can't remember whether we spoke about it on the podcast or we spoke about it just after we recorded it. I don't know if you know about this. Anyway, she had said that she was about to record a French album, and um, if you're a Les fan fan, she's actually recorded the French song for her character Eponine that was in the French production of the show, but it was cut from the London production before they actually went up. And also you might remember we talked at length about her song On My Own.
1: And I don't like singing on my own anymore because I don't really feel like, well, I don't sing it how I used to sing it and I don't really want to disappoint people okay. when I when I, I mean, I do occasionally sing it, but I kind of do my own take on it these days. But you know, Michael Ball tells me off all the time, he said, you've got to embrace it and do all your old hits. And um, I just, I just don't feel like it fits with what I do now as a,
0: older woman well she has gone and recorded a fantastic new version of the song for this record that's francis ruffell i say yeah yeah produced by gwyneth herbert and it's on itunes okay that's all from me if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends you can follow me on twitter at Garode Farley, or give me a shout on Garode at geroad thanks for listening Master's voice, her master's voice, her master's voice, her master's voice. Your last documentary, his master's voice. Fuck! Being a parent can be really challenging.